Okay, good. You can be, be seated. We're going to read the Word of God now. We're going to read from John chapter 13, verses 1 to 5. That's the scripture reading for today, we'll all be speaking on. So it's John chapter 13, 1 to 5. Okay, let's read. It, it was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave the, this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from the Father and was returning to the Father. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. May God bless the reading of his word. So I want, I want to say again that I'm happy to be here again and praise God for the opportunity to come and speak to you. The last uh, sermon I preached was about a month ago. I was in uh, Nigeria at the time. And after the third time preaching that day, I went to the pastor's de- uh, house and was eating lunch with him, and the news came back that I had COVID-19. Yes. Um, I, and oddly enough, I had just preached three times on trusting the Lord in all your circumstances. Wow. I learned a lot that day. One thing I learned is, be careful what you preach on. <laughs> you know. So... That happened just a few weeks ago, and I'm here with you now, and I'm looking forward to bringing the, God, the Word of God to you from, from John chapter 13. And there's a lot that can be said about John 13, and you've heard a lot of messages, mostly on the latter part of the verse, of the chapter. But I'm going to speak to you about the, the first part of it. And that is that we're going to talk about the attitude there. Jesus' attitude. What was he thinking when he went up and he washed the disciples' feet. That's not something usual. You, and that's not something you expect of Jesus. Just ask Peter, you know. It's not normal. So what was he thinking that would uh, make him want to do that? And what can we do like Jesus? What attitude can we have? And how do attitudes affect our actions? Are they unimportant? No, they're very important in how they direct how we actually act in life. And you're going to see this from Jesus. John could have left this out very well. He could have left this out and just gone right to the story. Jesus washed the feet of the And we would have learned a lot from that. But John put it in. What was Jesus thinking? What was his attitude in doing that? And so... Let's look at some of that. Uh, I'm not going to spend any other time on talking about the, the washing of the feet. But Jesus, when you look at this passage, says in the beginning that he knew that the time had come for leave this world. He was leaving the world. This was the final leg of his journey. 
And he knew that. Now, most of us, we don't know when we're going to die, right? Actually, I think it's a little bit of a mercy if you do, or, and, or if you don't sometimes. But if you're thinking, hey, I'm going to die, maybe have four, stage four cancer or something like that, I'm going to die in a month, you know, at least you have a target or something and you're thinking about it. And, you know, that can affect what your, what your actions are. And Jesus here knew that he was going to leave this world. He knew it. That was in his thinking when he, before he got up and washed their feet. I'm leaving. I've made it. The time has come. I'm ready to go to the Father. And so he was thinking that part of it. And then the other thing it says that he knew that John wrote was he, the Father had put all, all things under his power. He knew that. He knew that the authority that he was denied on earth, the respect that he was denied on earth, and the ability to do things was all going to come down. Everything. This is a joyous time when you think about it now. Because people didn't recognize him. Actually, you know, Jesus was not, in the world's eyes, very important when he was here. He's not somebody. He was just, you could walk right by him and not know. But in heaven, that won't happen. He is somebody in heaven. And he'll be recognized. And so Jesus knew now that he had all the power. He had it. And he could relax, so to speak. That's what we would do. We'd relax. We'd just say, okay, I've got it now. I'm ready to go forward. And the other thing it says that he was new is it says he knew he came from the Father and he was going back to the Father. His time with the Father from all eternity was sure. He knew that. I had lived with the Father. I had come from him. And now I'm ready to go back and enjoy that position. Enjoy the relationship now uninterrupted for all eternity. I'm ready. I'm ready. And that was great news for him as he thought about those things. And it was a great comfort. And it was freeing for him at that point. So that he could now set his mind on what he needed to do. And he did it. He wanted to show the final extent of his love for his disciples. With that type of attitude. Uh, What do you think might have happened if he didn't have that attitude? Just think of it that way. What would have been your attitude if you were in Jesus' shoes? You have this really huge day in front of you, you know, and you're going to suffer a whole lot. And you just had a meal and you're, you're tired, right? What would you be thinking? You'd think, I know if it was me. I mean, I, I just think about you. I, I would think, I need some downtime, you know. And if it was modern day, I'd be thinking, I think I'm just going to binge on Netflix, or something like that. That's if it was modern day. But, you know, I wouldn't be thinking about what can I do for my disciples? You know, I have to survive this thing. That's what I'd be thinking. You know, I, it's, it's really tough to go up on the cross and handle all that. And so I'd be thinking more of myself. I suspect some of you might be thinking the same way. You know, I wouldn't be thinking about washing the, you know, my disciples' feet. I wouldn't be thinking about all, you know, what God has for me and has given me. 
But those thoughts and that attitude directed Jesus to now get up and wash the feet of his disciples. So it's very important to see the thinking in the mind of Jesus at this time and that how that affected what he was about to do and how it affected what he did. Now, this isn't the only time that Jesus had an attitude that affected his actions. Do you remember in Philippians chapter 2? Philippians chapter 2. Let me just read the first couple of verses. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature uh, God, did not consider equality with some, God something to be grasped. And it goes on with that. Jesus' attitude affected him coming here. Now be truthful. If you were in heaven enjoying relationship with God, would you ever think about coming here? <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And that's being honest. Why would I leave heaven and come to earth? Why would I leave perfect fellowship with the Father and live like He lived and died like He died? It's like, I, sometimes I don't understand Jesus. I really don't. And it's because of who he is. And I admire him. That he could be thinking, you know, it's I'm God and I'm not going to hold on to it. I know I'm very safe in my position and I'm ready to come down to earth and leave heaven. It was that attitude that he had that directed his actions to come to earth. And Paul encourages us, hey, you have the same attitude. Because attitude affects many things of your life and very difficult things. I know we have many commands in Scripture and they're important, you know, to obey the commands. They're individuals, commands that you do. But attitude changes a lot more. And it goes much deeper. If you can work on your attitude. You know, my wife used to say... When we had four young kids, we had five eventually, but four, she said, you know, it's easier to change a diaper than it is an attitude. <laughs> and I think uh, you parents, particularly mothers, understand. You think it's hard changing diapers. No, it's not really. I mean, yes, it is a little bit strenuous. But trying to get their attitude changed, that's a tough one. And it affects much more. That's hard work. So, but there are also other biblical characters that in, this, in the scriptures that show that attitude affects their actions. And I think of people like Joseph. You know, he was uh, put in prison uh, and sold by his brothers, right? And then when he was out of prison, he was exalted, okay. But when the brothers came, they said, you're going to, when it was finally known, he says, you're going to suffer us. You're going to punish us because of what we did. And he said, no, God used it for good. How can I uh, give judgment to you because God used it for good? And 
you know, one of, the, I don't, one of these days I'll really talk to him about that. I don't under, get it. I mean, because I would want to suffer those, uh, my brothers. I mean, that would be my attitude. But his attitude was no. God used it for good. I mean, it's an admirable attitude to have and very difficult. I mean, I wouldn't want terrible things to happen, but I definitely would suffer them a bit because I suffered for about 13 years. Um, but I admire That's an attitude that he had. And definitely affected his actions, right? He was good to his brothers. And he didn't bring vengeance on them. Even though they expected it. So that's another part in Scripture, another account of Scripture, where you see someone with their attitude changing their actions. Now, here's a comparison with two people with their attitudes. Okay, how about Vashti and Esther? Okay, some of you who know the story uh, would, would understand what I'm talking about. Vashti was told by the king, you know, come and get dressed up and come down to the uh, celebration. I want to show you off. But her attitude was not good about that. And I'm not going to go in whether it was proper or not what the king did that, but I'm just showing her attitude at that point. She said, no way, I'm not doing that. You know, I refuse to do that. I'm an important person too. And so as a result, the king was not happy. And you know the rest of the story. She got uh, banned from his presence. But Esther had a different attitude. She was very humble. And because of her uh, humble attitude, she was accepted by the king and valued in uh, the kingdom there, and by the king, Ahasuerus. But just to see these two different people and how it affected their life. We're not talking about individual commands, individual things. We're talking about their life, what they did. So you see it in, in Vashti and Esther. How about in Judas? What was his attitude? He wanted things of this world, right? That's what he wanted. He thought, yeah, I like Jesus and everything, but I want the things of this world. The wor- this world is it. And the same with Demas, if you know Demas. Paul said he left him because he loved this world. That was an attitude that caused him to leave Paul's work and then go back to the world. They affect your life. They affect them dramatically, your, your attitudes. And what about the Pharisees? Remember what they said about Jesus. They said, you know what? If we don't kill Jesus, then the Romans are going to come and they're going to take our land away and our position away. So that's more important than doing the right thing. That was their thinking and that was their attitude. It's like, no, it's we're going to lose everything and... We want those things. We value those things. And because of that, it directed their actions. And they eventually killed Jesus as a result. There are other scriptures that show us about our attitudes. There is um, one parable, I don't know if you remember, the parable that talks about the two people that were forgiven. One is... Uh, he was forgiven by a king of about $10 million. We'll just call it that. 
And then uh, he was the, the man who was forgiven was supposed to forgive somebody who was maybe, a, we'll say a few thousand dollars or something like that. Okay? So, because this man was uh, forgiven a lot, right? The parable teaches that we're supposed to also have that attitude of forgiveness and forgive other people. But he didn't have that. He refused to forgive because his attitude wasn't proper. He didn't value the forgiveness. Even Jesus said, you know, if you're forgiven much, you'll love much. Okay? And if you know you're forgiven, if you have that attitude of forgiveness, then you will forgive other people. The problem is, is that we forget our sins. Or we say, well, God, you know, it's one thing for him to forgive, but it's another thing for me to forgive. It's like, no, it isn't. God still makes a choice. I mean, it's written in scripture and everything, but he still forgives you. Over and over again. Sometimes I think it's really good for us to go back and think of our sin. Not in a depressing way or was I forgiven or anything like that, but just remember them. And remember how many times God has forgiven you. Yes. And it's amazing. And I just, it's one of these things where I can't even get my head around it because I'm thinking, God, you're just amazing. If I were you, I'd have thrown me away a long time ago. But he didn't. He forgives me. And he keeps forgiving me. And with that type of thinking, you know, an attitude, then I need to forgive others. I've seen many unforgiving people, unfortunately. And you probably hear them nowadays on the radio and television and everything. They don't know. They don't remember. They don't think. Their attitude is, maybe I was forgiven. God forgave me a couple of things, but, you know, I'm pretty good. No, think about it. How many thousands of times he's forgiven you. And then with that thinking and with that attitude, you can forgive. Even, you know, like husbands and wives. Okay, this is very close. Because most of the time when you're forgiving, it's people that are close to you. It's, they're the diff- most difficult ones. I can forgive a coworker. He's forgiven, uh, maybe sinned against me once or twice. That's, that's easy. But your spouse... You know, you're talking about a lot of times that they've done wrong against you. And can you forgive them? Can you say, I forgive you? And many times that I've seen, it's because the one spouse doesn't think they've been forgiven much. And their attitude is different. And so, with the proper one, the one that God wants us to have, that attitude, we can respond in different ways. The ways that God wants that reflect his nature. There's other great men, men and women of God who have shown godly attitudes. Um, you remember, uh, you know Billy Graham. And he just died a few years ago. But before he had his ministry, he got together with two other of his closest friends. And he said, this is going to be our attitude. We're not going after the three G's. Okay? And they made that pact. We are not going after the three G's. That's not going to be our attitude. And the first G is, he says, we're not going to, uh, as men, we're not going to seek after girls. Okay? 
And then the other thing, the other G is, no, we're not going to seek after gold. Money. That's not going to be us. And the third one is we're not going to seek our own glory. And he kept that pact until he went to be with the Lord at 99 years old. That was his attitude. Now many people, and you know many preachers, do not have that attitude. And they have fallen as a result of that. I'll give you a little bit of a contrast of a different attitude I've seen. Uh, you know, sometimes I've gone on TV and, uh, and I've watched the prosperity people. I've got to understand what they're saying, because I don't get it. And I listened to one. This happened to be a woman, but I've heard other men do it also. But as I was listening to her, she said, you know, God doesn't want you to have pie in the sky. He wants you to have ham or you am. <laughs> You know, I laughed a little bit at that. You know, but that was her attitude. And that's the attitude of some of the prosperity people. As they're saying, no, that's just pie in the sky. That's something future, doesn't affect us, not really important, whatever it is. That's their attitude. And it affects their actions. They want ham where they are. They want to get the things of this world. So they're going to do as much as they can to get those things of the world. Because that's their attitude, that's their thinking, and there's many actions that go along with that. I heard a once, uh, well, not too long ago, a prosperity preacher said, you know, God has told me that I'm supposed to buy my, my third jet at $53 million. Third jet. This is recently, too. It's not that, maybe a year ago I heard it. Thinking, what's he doing with the other two? I don't know. You know, I'll give him my address. He can send me at least one of them. But uh, that was their thinking. You know, is this world is it? That's pie in the sky. Is that really? Is that really? I I believe among you here that is not true. This is not. That wasn't Jesus's thinking. He was looking forward to that. That was his thinking, and that changed his attitude. And so, um, let's look at some of the ways that we actually adopt this in subtle ways. Just a few of them, real quickly. That we adopt the world's attitudes. And we've got to be careful about them. Because the world is very insidious, and it, and it penetrates the church and our own thinking. And one of the biggest ways that it affects us is the attitude is, I deserve. The I deserve attitude. Okay? This is, um, you're thinking, well, I deserve a better life. I deserve a, a better spouse. I deserve enjoyment and peace. I deserve people who respect me. I deserve it. And there's many other ways. You can just fill in the blank. Your sinful nature will help you. Uh, Is that true? Just think about that. It's there. It's in our thinking. I deserve. Is that the way Jesus thought? Did Jesus say, I deserve? Did he display that? Did he say, I deserve to live in palaces? You know, I'm the son of God. I deserve that. 
I deserve people to worship me. I deserve the best food, you know, in, that's made in the world at that time. I deserve to even live in a house. He said, I don't have a place to lay my head. I deserve those things. I deserve a fleet of chariots so I don't have to walk from place to place. I deserve those things. Would you argue with Jesus if he said that? No. He deserved those things, but he didn't in this world pursue them. He didn't. He didn't have that attitude. He could have. And many times that's what we do. Is we, is we say, I deserve something better. I deserve more love. I deserve more attention. You know, that's me. And that can be part of you and affect many of your actions in this life. And it's one that we have to just get out of our thinking. Because neither Jesus nor any of the New Testament writers or any godly characters had that attitude. And we shouldn't either. Jesus said we should adopt this attitude instead. That even when you have done everything, you remember the verse? He said that we've been unprofitable servants. Okay? We don't deserve anything. That should be your attitude instead. It's difficult. Because the world around you and all the people around you are saying, hey, get yours. You know what I mean? You need to, to uh, do more for yourself. You deserve it. Wow. That changes a lot of what you do in life. And it works a lot against what God wants. The second one that we want to work on oh, okay, is uh, it's not fair. Okay. That's an attitude that we have. It's not fair, and I'm going to make it fair. This is a strong one. If you want to see this attitude out, you just look at your, some kids, maybe four or five of them, trying to divide up a birthday cake. Okay? Now, they're going to get it down, you know, exact. No, that's a little too much. That's not fair. You know, get this one. Matter of fact, I don't think laser-guided knives could get it any more accurate than four kids dividing up a birthday cake. You know, because of the fairness attitude with them. Who told you that the Christian life was fair? Was it the evangelist? I'll talk to him. You know, no, it's not fair. Our life is not fair. Okay? We want to make it fair, and it will be fair one day in heaven. You know, God's going to work all that, but not in this life. The Christian life is not fair. So stop insisting on it. Be fair. I do three things for you. You've got to do three things for me. Otherwise, forget it. Or, you know, Jesus himself was not treated fairly. He wasn't. Okay? How about forgiving? Seven times 70. Is that fair? Are you supposed to love your enemies? That's not fair. If somebody asks you for a shirt, you're supposed to give them a cloak. If somebody compels you to walk one mile, you're supposed to walk two. That's not fair. We have this in us. We want to make it fair. We want it to be fair in our homes, in our workplaces. And with other relationships that we have, it's got to be fair. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You keep doing what God wants. 
And no, it's not fair. I'm saying it. It's not fair. <laughs> it isn't. You know, when somebody treats you badly, it's not fair. But how do you respond and what's your attitude towards it? Will you adopt what the Lord wants and will it affect your actions? Okay. How, what does this look like in life and how can I do it? It's not easy to start a new habit. It's not. And that's what I was telling you about my wife saying. It's easier to change a diaper than an attitude. It's, some of these attitudes have been in our life for a long time. And it's tough to change them. And the world is reinforcing those attitudes all the time through uh, commercials and just talking to people. Those attitudes are reinforced. You've got to stop them, even now, today. And you can search the scriptures and find there are other attitudes. I just pointed out to you what Jesus had and a few of them. But there are other ones. And they help you in your living your life. Okay? And the last thing here is to say, think of the reward that you will have as a result. It's both spiritual, because you'll be different. You'll be more reflecting the life and character of our Lord Jesus and following what God does of forgiving others so much time. I am struggling over that. When I forgive people, uh, yeah, I think it's not fair and I deserve better treatment. All of those things come in. I mash them all together. But I think God has forgiven me. Even if they don't ask me to forgive them, I'm going to forgive you. I am. Because God doesn't require you to ask. uh, He wants you to ask forgiveness if you know, right? But if you don't, you you sin many more times than you have confessed, but he still forgives you. I need to forgive that way too. Just forgive. Just forgive and reflect the character. That's spiritual growth and development. You're a different person because of that. That's a blessing. And the other blessing is what happened to Jesus after he left the throne in Philippians chapter 2. It says, God exalted him, right? Far above every name. He rewarded him for all that he did. That's what God did. And that's in the character of God. Okay? He didn't say to Jesus, okay, this task is done, now I'm sending you for something else. He said, no, I'm going to exalt you. I'm going to reward you above every name as a result of what you did. And so that is a great blessing to look forward to. Yes, we don't deserve it, and God, but God in his character did that. He responded to Jesus that way. He is a gracious and he's a giving person. And when you have gone through all this and have followed him and, and uh, obey his word, he will reward you. You may be surprised at it all, but he will. That's who he is. And he doesn't change. You can't change God. I mean, you can try, but let me know how that works out for you. You know, he is that way. And I love him because of that. So let's just think about those things today, how we can be different. When you work on individual commands, they're very good. But it's almost like you're piecemealing a life together. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to change this, I'm going to change this, I'm going to change this. Work on the attitude that you do. And you'll see how much of your life changes and how deep it changes. Yes.
So that's what we need to do. Get those, get the ones out that the world is telling us, you gotta follow these attitudes. Say, no, I'm not gonna do it. Maybe crazy, but I'm not going to do it. And I'm gonna adopt the attitude of Jesus. And with that attitude, he got down and he washed the feet of the disciples. Maybe you'll do that one day, maybe not, but you'll do something like it because of your attitude. So let's bring that before the Father and let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the attitude of Jesus. First of all, that he left the throne, left you, Lord, and came down and became a servant and even died for us. Thank you for his attitude, Lord. Thank you that he had an attitude so great that he could even wash the the feet of his disciples, Lord. It's amazing that he would do that. Lord, he is amazing. And we see it over and over again. Father, we pray and we ask you, Lord, help us to adopt those attitudes. Help us to adopt that thinking that we can be like him. That's the greatest reward that we want, is that we will be like him. And we know, Father, that you see us when we're doing all these things and will reward us one day in heaven. And we're looking forward to that and we're thankful even before it happens, Lord. But pray for your grace and your working of the Holy Spirit within us that we can be like that. And we ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. Amen.